0: I, um, am really looking forward to talking about the fool from this section because (laughs) if you thought he was creepy the first time you met him, get ready for now. Creepy or
1: great? Creepy great. Welcome to Buckheap Radio. We're coming to you from inside the walls. This is episode two, Assassin's Apprentice, chapters seven through twelve, and I'm Rachel, a rereader.
2: I'm Eli, and I'm a rereader.
1: I'm Jenny, and I'm a rereader. I'm Ashley, and I'm a new reader. And Joey is not with us for this recording because he had to work. Womp womp. Uh, So, before we get into it, I did want to do corrections. I believe in the last episode, I said that we would see more of Queen Desire. I was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) She did. She did. She She died.
3: See, that's why I was confused, because I had read that part, and I was like, did she die? Or, like... Is that just well, talking it's about the a future? Clear memory
1: of there being like a party and it being full of smoke, <laughs> and I guess it wasn't her party.
0: No, it's weird though because I mean I don't know if we need to be getting into this now, but they do like the hist- the opening of the chapter. They talk about her addiction. And then they're like, yeah, she died. But then you're like, but when in the timeline of things did she die? But then they never talk about mourning her. And then later on, they're talking about how she's dead. So I just feel like it's a little strange that there wasn't more It's super about confusing. It whatever.
1: And I really wasn't yeah. sure if she was actually dead yet or not. There's a yeah. lot of yeah. hopping, time hopping. Because it's like, yeah. he's he goes 11 from like to 14. nine years old. Yeah. Yeah. So somewhere in there, they mourned Queen Desire. Or maybe they just didn't. <laughs> Only regal. I, I
0: think they did. Only regal. Yeah,
1: but he did not cut his hair. hundred percent regal. Did not cut yeah, his hair. Why would he yeah. do such a thing? He probably has very pretty he hair. Looks stupid. All right. So the uh, chapter seven is called the assignment. Uh, so yeah, Ashley said that the intro is about Queen Desire's death and her drug use. Uh, it opens with Birch cutting everyone's hair off to mourn chivalry. Uh, especially him, his own, and Fitz's, and all the animals (laughs) in the barn. (laughs) There is a fascinating conversation between Fitz and Shade about assassination and how it's used and whether or not it is actually necessary. Uh, And as I said, time passes and Fitz kind of gets into a rhythm uh, at Buckkeep and we see him visiting Molly uh we know that there's some outla- out islanders that come to trade so they're definitely from the same place as the red ship raiders but they're not the same right mm-hmm. um and then later on Burridge decides that Fitz needs to learn how to eat at the high table which is and hilarious and he- yeah he's like let's <laughs> let's teach you to, how to use a fork you're 12 <laughs> No one thought that was important before, <laughs> and it's and he's talking to him about the political climate in Buckkeep, and he's doing this because he's heard that he's going to be sent on a mission with Verity, and then on his way from the stables back to his room, he encounters the Fool, uh, which has some of the greatest fits in internal dialogue <laughs> ever, and f- the Fool kind of tells him some nonsense that he doesn't really understand. <laughs> Uh, and then later on, Fitz is given his mission parameters by shade, which is to accompany Verity to Bayguard in Neat Bay. So what do we want to talk about first? Um, mm, I thought the whole,
0: uh, uh, I, I thought it was interesting that we see Birch just like s- as such a pathetic creature mm-hmm. when this chapter starts off. Like, obviously he's mourning. He's very sad that Chivalry is dead, but, um... You know, I feel like he always had some power when he was walking through the halls and building and everything,
1: and now he's just this sad, bald, pathetic (laughs) thing. Like, maybe he thought... Maybe he had held out some hope that chivalry would summon him eventually, and he'd get to resume his position. Yeah. But that's... I don't know. There was
0: a... They make there's a line that says, Underlings who had formerly vied for the briefest not of praise from him now turned aside from his glance, as if ashamed for him. Only Vixen did not forsake
1: him. So then he was just left with his pup. Well, everyone was embarrassed that he was mourning so yeah, hard. I,
2: I found it yeah. interesting that Regal, you know, even deigned to come down and berate Birch for doing that.
1: Well he didn't. He sent a he sent a man.
2: Oh, that's it's right. That's a man right. To
1: do himself. Yeah. But yeah, he shaved his eyebrows off. That's that's extreme. Like, yeah, strange. that's
2: that's crazy. They uh at one point they pointed out that um like everybody it was like unfashionable to even mourn chivalry at this point.
3: People did it anyway. Right. Right. Or at least
1: the men at arms or whatever who liked him. It's just kind of sad, because he was their king-in-waiting, and, and he, ha- he had been part of life there, and then when he abdicated, it was like a symbolic death already, and then... Everyone was just supposed to late. forget about him. Right. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, it is it is a strange...
2: Especially when it's it's like he's in the same, you know, the same people talking about him would describe him as being, like, a very, very good king-in-waiting, and a lot of people apparently, uh, were easily like swayed by his diplomacy. And so he, he was obviously well-regarded in a lot of ways, but at the same time, he had a way of turning people off as well.
1: And I feel, I feel for Fitz because, you know, he's, he is forced to essentially mourn a man he never knew. And maybe he was mourning the loss of that opportunity more than, you know, than the man. Right.
0: Yeah, for
3: sure. He's definitely
1: got a lot of conflicted feelings in this chapter. For sure. So then he's, uh, then he, then he's walking back to his room and he, and he meets up with the fool. This is a great scene. Mm-hmm. This is, this is when the fool gives him his very famous fits, fixes, feists, fits, fat suffices. It's a message, uh, I believe. <laughs> message slash prophecy <laughs> slash whatever. <laughs>
3: I just I love the how do you politely explain to someone that you had believed for years that he was a moron as well as a fool. <laughs> I couldn't. So.
1: Well, right, we also get kind of our first, I mean we got a we got a description of the fool um in the last scene when when he was when Fitz was under the table, right? Mm-hmm. But this time we get kind of like a real up close uh description of what he looks like and his coloring and and the fact that he's got like that he seems like he's much younger with his baby teeth. Then he appears and he has baby teeth.
0: Oh yeah. The the description of him is horrible. <laughs> like it says it says the whiteness of his skin was an illusion also. For out here in the dappling sunlight, I could see a pinkness suffused from within. Blood, I realized <laughs> with a sudden quailing, red blood showing through layers of skin. And then he says the fool smiled, showing a small white, separate teeth, like a baby's new smile in a boy's <laughs> mouth. <laughs> I don't feel like it's
3: so much that the fool is creepy as that Fitz doesn't know how to describe it without it being
1: disturbed. Ah, yeah, I don't know. I don't, yeah, that would be well. In, in our notes, I wrote that we find out the fool has Chiclet teeth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're all separate; none of them touch.
2: It <laughs> would be it's really, okay. really disturbing.
1: well he's a kid he's still just a gawky kid I, I just
2: love the uh like he's he's incomprehensible and then there's the sudden and obvious intelligence as he mocks Fitz.
1: <laughs> listen to me you idiot <laughs> yeah what does he say again the finger soared aloft and this time was shaking at me fits fits fix spice fits that suffices and then he just kind of says it over and over again and he's like uh yes my name is fits <laughs> are you, are wrong? you lost <laughs> do you
3: speak english oh, oh
2: god
1: it's all right and then i crouched a bit <laughs> come along then come along i'll show you the way back home all right don't be afraid <laughs>
3: I just—I'm just imagining the fool on his head being like,
1: "Oh my God, this moron!" It says abruptly. The fool dropped his hands to his sides. Then he lifted his face and rolled his eyes <laughs> at the heavens. He looked back at me fixedly and poked his mouth out as if he wanted to spit. <laughs> Come on, now! I beckoned him again. No, <laughs> listen to me, you idiot. Like I think they're—they're they're just both like, "God, this
3: moron!" He <laughs> like said quite plainly in an exasperated voice. I would be exasperated uh, by fits too. But I also understand why Fitz is like, what the fuck are you saying?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because that means nothing.
0: I feel like we had a couple of dumb moments from Fitz in this chapter, though, because like he has this episode with the fool where it's just like, oh, my God, you're an idiot. But then also when he's talking to Shade about assassinations and they're kind of doing back and forth Mm -hmm. and he has he has a moment where he's like, it suddenly dawned on him what assassination was. (laughs) He's like, oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, we're going to kill people? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure he told you straight out the gate that you were going to be killing people.
1: Well, that, I mean, that's the whole gist of that conversation, right? Where it seems like Shade is like, look, you can't escape this. Like, you're being given a mission. And the mission is to kill people. And you don't get to moralize about it. And that that's not your job. And Fitz is kind of thinking, well, are. Uh, is, there, is this really the only way and and then Shade kind of has that throwaway line where he was like well that, I was younger than you when I had to do my first kill you know and <laughs> that was kind of sad Yeah. and he
2: didn't get a choice about it
1: yeah he wasn't being yeah. given the choice the way that he's sort of giving Fitz a choice of whether to kill or whether to hold off
0: Um, it was sad it was also a little bit of a humble brag <laughs> like yeah I killed somebody when I was 10 what
1: yeah, and then at the end, at the end, the very dramatic. By my count, I was thirteen years old. <laughs> no, I
0: love that. That's such a perfect closing for the chapter.
1: <laughs> Off to kill my first just, person at thirteen. It just reminds me of like I don't know, like you're watching The Outer Limits or something, and the guy comes in and says he always says something like really shocking, and you're supposed to be like, guess." <Right. laughs> so chapter eight is called Lady Time. <laughs> Love lady time. Uh, the intro is just a bit of the history of the six duchies and you know it's, it's, it's a little bit of its geography and, uh, how they, how they relate to each other. Uh, it's pretty short. So then Fitz kind of heads out with Verity and his entourage, right? They're going to neat Bay and Fitz has been assigned to assist lady time. He's going to be the dog boy, the errand boy, and Lady Time's assistant.
3: I do like the fact that, like, and this goes back to the previous chapter, but that Burge is just like, I don't have
1: any idea why they want
3: you. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) and then as soon as Fitz is like, oh, well, maybe I can take care of the,
1: you know, the hound. He's like, oh, okay, fine. (laughs) Yes, good. Yes, that's what you'll be doing. Tell everyone. (laughs)
0: I want to know what Lady Time is eating, though, because they say that her doos are not great to be around. Uh, like, such an important detail. This time
3: reading the Lady Time stuff and, like, knowing who it was, it was just made it Yeah, really The effort
2: he puts into it.
1: He's just having so much fun with it. I'm like, this is I think it's also his little vengeance, you know? Yeah. Um... So when they get to uh, to Neat Bay, um, they have dinner up at Bayguard. And Fitz, it's, its I think it's important, and Fitz doesn't, it kind of goes over his head, but this is his first appearance as Chivalry's, you know, acknowledged bastard in public. Oh, Fitz, growing up so fast. And he kind of just sits at the table, uses Burridge's lessons so he can sort to eat dinner he's so upset about it <laughs> he's really shitty about the food actually when he's recalling it it's like it doesn't sound that bad he just wants good simple stuff yeah i thought uh and joey's not here but i remember in our intro joey always said that he found fitz to be particularly incompetent but i felt like fitz was doing a good job at this in this chapter See, this is what he I does. meant when I said
3: I feel like he's less stupid in the beginning, because he has less to think about.
1: <laughs> he just ha- he has his mission. Yeah, like... well,
0: here's the thing, though. Like, we see him perform really well at this dinner, and he listens, and he gets all of these clues and everything. But then immediately in Chapter 9, he's a fucking idiot again. <laughs> because... He was just at a table doing like mission work to figure out who all these people are, and then he meets um, Lady Grace in the kitchen, and suddenly he doesn't recognize her. I'm like, you were just fucking sitting next to her for hours, <laughs> allegedly at this table, he was like watching very her very closely, at, like all of her, mo- uh, like everything she was doing, and I'm like, it just—he like he has an on, on and off
2: face, Apparently, he's he's really observant <laughs> yeah. when he puts himself to it and sometimes he's not paying attention at all
1: I think he's really observant in like a microcosm like he's like looking at jewels and and their clothing right and their actions and their body language he's not looking at their fucking faces because (laughs) they don't mean anything to him right because again he's using his magic to quest out to people so like he has kind of like their face and feel in his head I don't think he needs to actually look at people so he's face blind yeah maybe he's face blind he All I know is care. Jason,
0: Jason Bourne managed to like survive and get details and also recognize people's faces. So I, I'm not, I'm not quite sure why Fitz can't do
1: it. Fitz is not Jason
0: fucking Bourne. <laughs> He's little baby Jason Born in training.
1: So then let's move on to chapter nine, Fat Suffices. So the intro is about the known history of the fool, which I think is actually kind of interesting, but I, I'm sort of into this lore. Uh...
3: <laughs> And it's, I like that he's it's, already obsessing about gender
0: already. oh, right. right? <laughs> like, it doesn't on. matter. Uh, the line that took me was, uh, stories that he was born of the other folk are almost certainly false for his fingers and toes are completely <laughs> free of webbing. <laughs>
1: I don't know what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Oh, Just don't wow. ever look at our feet.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know what you're saying. What? Chiclet teeth? Yeah. I don't know. Um. So, anyways, yeah. So that this is what this is what Fitz has gleaned right now. No, I guess no one thought to ask the fool, <laughs> But this is these are the rumors. He's scary, that man. That He's scary around
2: him. Nobody wants to talk to him.
1: He's got those Chiclet teeth, and he speaks yep. gibberish
3: at you, and. <laughs> Or not at so, all,
2: apparently.
0: Well, and also, how much is the fool really allowed to or, like, supposed to interact with other people since he's, you know, basically, like, owned by the king? I don't know. I, feel I don't like really
3: understand it's... what the fool's job is in the first well, he's the place. jester. I know he's a
0: jester, but, like,
3: people seem surprised when he, like, speaks to them. So does he not
1: jester in front of people? Right, does he not? Like, what What kind of jester is he? Maybe he's just the kind that, like... I think he that, just like...
2: gestures. Gestures while gesturing. <laughs> he doesn't... I don't think he speaks to people. Well, well, he does... Yeah. Okay, I'm pretty sure he's that like there are a lot of talks about him being rude to people. But not... not yeah. I don't think he says anything coherent.
1: Yeah, I think that what he says is you have to be you have to be paying attention to, to kind of figure out exactly what he's doing mm-hmm. to mock people. So they, maybe he's just underestimated. The so chapter nine starts uh, with Fitz waking up. He's hungry. Cause again, he ate that dinner that was just too fancy for him. So he goes down into the kitchen. Well, to be fair, he...
3: you know, Verity was pushing things away. So he was supposed to, which he was also upset about. So.
1: Right. Uh, and he's stealing food from the kitchen when this, this <laughs> girl walks in and she's got, he thinks it's a baby. <laughs> like,
2: what? Yeah. Like, he's yeah.
3: totally observant
1: in this whole
2: situation. Observational skills, Can we just
3: blame him? He didn't even use, just just didn't even
2: use the wit with that one. Blame
3: he, was hang- he was just
0: hangry. He needed
1: a Snickers.
0: Needed... Yeah. He needed yeah. a fucking granola bar. <laughs>
1: It turns out it's Lady Grace, and she's got her damn dog, and it's choking on something. And he's kind of rude to her and scolds her, just like Burridge scolds people about the, the care and feeding of their animals. And he realizes the dog is choking on a bone. He greases up the bone with butter and gets like a hook and gets <laughs> gets, the, gets the bone out of the dog's mouth. And then we are we are treated to a lovely line about... And Yeah,
0: it was a lot of yeah.
1: Oh yeah, and it's and the dog pisses at the same time. Fitz fixes. Yeah, mind. it came up in a That's welter ridiculous. of froth and bile and blood. Thank you,
0: Fitz. <laughs> uh, I'm glad I can remember
1: that now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, And while he's doing that, he's like, hey, you know, I'm going to try to influence Lady Grace so she can tell her husband to stop spending all his money on her and actually spend it on manning these watchtowers that he's not properly manning and letting all the red ship raiders come through and raid all of these uh, associated coastal towns. So he makes up a whole thing about how he had a dream about this great lady who gave away her jewels and said that the watchtowers were her jewels and it's all very selfless and uh lady grace is kind of taken with that and fitz is pretty proud of himself
0: and this is another example of i just like don't understand how he's bouncing all over the place like he's really great at the dinner and watching everybody he's not great at identifying this is lady grace (laughs) with the dog in the kitchen And then all of a sudden, he's, like, a master politician and can spin up this story really quickly. When before, when they were talking politics with Shade or Burritch, it seemed like he was relatively It is impressive,
2: but it's also, like, almost a word-for-word copy of what he was told that Chivalry did once.
3: Yes, I was gonna say that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But, I mean, good on
1: him for remembering that. Right, and Fitz has kind of, he's got strengths and weaknesses. I think some of his strengths involve lying.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's it's 50% of what he says, right?
1: Yeah. At least out loud, yeah. I mean,
3: to be fair, the conversation with Burj, he was trying not to let him know that he knew things, because he wasn't supposed to know them.
2: I would probably lie all the time if I were an assassin, too, but... I mean, he does. does.
1: (laughs) Especially if you're an assassin (laughs) who has like four different masters who all live within a hundred yards of each other and don't know about each other. Yeah, Yeah. right? (laughs) Uh, So then he returns to his room and he's pretty proud of himself and he's like, I'm going to go to sleep. I just had food and I just saved the world. Uh, (laughs) But then there's a knock and he's summoned. uh, He hears that he's summoned to the town by lady time at like three in the morning. Um, He's pissed. Yep, so he goes down there to be like, what the fuck does this old rank lady need? And when he gets there, it is revealed that Lady Time is in fact Shade.
0: Fitz got Mrs. Doubt fired. He did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was a run by fruiting. It was a run by fruiting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so shade gives him a mission he says a lot of things uh in this kind of section that i think are really really interesting about how he gets his information and about the skill and about verity and shrewd and he kind of word vomits at fits and fits doesn't this is take the first. any of it in <laughs> he doesn't take any of it in but you know the you as the reader are like wait what can we rewind can we, what's happening how does the skill work what Yep. So the mission is that they're going to gain more intelligence uh, on the village of Forge, where redship raiders are threatening to return hostages if they are not paid by Shrewd to kill them. Which is horrifying. Yep. And But what Fitz cares most about is the fact that Shade is acting kind of manic. He doesn't care <laughs> what's coming out of his mouth. He just you cares that the out care coming out quickly. Yes. So, Ashley, remember when you said that shade struck you as kind of a, a drug addict? I, I mean, you were I was right. Coming, I totally yeah. called it. You did. You're very observant. Much more observant than I was when I was reading it. You weren't doing a podcast where you had to think about He's it.
0: He's in love with the go
1: Yeah,
2: it's not the first drug addict. Yeah, so what do we think? Caris- You're going to come across.
1: What do we think Kera Seed is? Like, it's a, it's clearly a stimulant. Speed. It's speed,
0: yeah. It sounds like it's just, get you fucking jacked, and then you crash like a motherfucker. <laughs>
1: it's
0: not my style.
1: <laughs> Chapter 10 is called Revelations. The intro is just kind of a, a typical fits aside about his own fate and his place in the universe, and it ha- kind of has me rolling my eyes a little. <laughs> He's... Because he says something like, I make no claim to greatness, and yet, had I not been born, had not my parents fallen before a surge of lust, so much would be different. So much better? I think not. (laughs) Okay. Okay, Mr. Fitz. Oh, Fitz. So they're on their mission. Uh, Fitz and Shade journey through the night on horseback and then they also go on a boat. If you look at the map they go, there's kind of like a bay, right? And uh, Buckkeep is at the center inland part of the bay. uh, Yeah, there was a map. Right, and (laughs) Neat Bay is at the south and Forge is in the north so they kind of just hop right across that bay on the boat. Uh, And the whole time Shade is taking care of Seed and Fitz maybe a little bravely kind of confronts Shade about his use of the kerosene and how it's bad. And he tells them everything that Burish had told him. Uh, and Shade is kind of like, well, I'm not a horse. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, fine. Good out. old fashioned
0: drug addict that doesn't want this intervention right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we are on a mission. Not right now. So they get to, Oh, sorry. I have to scroll down. So they arrive at the village of forge and they find that the hostages have indeed been returned and But Fitz immediately senses that he can't uh, feel the villages. They're like, they're, they're husks, they're zombies. And during that revelation, he kind of has more thoughts about how he uses his own magic and what that means. And he gets really wigged out because he can't feel the people. And he takes the reins from Shade and they run off. And while they're running... They're spotted by some of the non-zombie villagers and they see Shade's face (laughs) and scream that he's the pocked man. And so they start throwing rocks at them and their horses are really tired because they've been, you know, moving all night and and Fitz is just not like ready for this fight. So they run again. And -hmm. then of course, Shade collapses in the aftermath of his kerosene use and Fitz kind of has to take care of them. And then they kind of return to Neat Bay where Faraday has already left and they spend the rest of the chapter hearing rumors about this village forge from the people in Neat Bay.
3: I like when he asks Chade if he's the pocked man and Chade's just like, what? And he's like, well, you have a pocked face and you kill people. So... Now, are you? Are you? The
2: are you several hundred years old?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe
3: you never know he did come out of the wall and start teaching him to be an assassin i mean that's crazy
0: enough this is actually just weekend at bernice three
1: <laughs> <laughs> i i want to talk about forge for a little bit so this is kind of a very small village that doesn't have a lot of farmland they do some mining and they've got a uh, very poor kind of fishing uh title based fishing that they do uh they're still targeted by these red ship raiders, and somehow they sent a messenger to Shrewd that was basically like, Well, give us money, or we won't kill these people.
2: Which, on the surface, sounds bonkers,
3: yeah. And Fitz says, as And much. he's like, What? I don't see why we have a problem. Shade went
2: on to talk about how you know, there's nothing, it's not not an easy place to raid because of the tides and there's nothing really that they were taking anyway. So it's quite the mystery as to what's going on here.
1: Yeah. So the raiders came in, they took people and then they destroyed stuff, but they didn't really steal anything of value. They just destroyed it. So they can't even come back later to raid again, which is the pattern that they have kind of established over the last few decades. And it is kind of mysterious. But what I was thinking is that even if they were stealing people and it was completely opposite, where it was like, pay us and we'll give them back to you, in what universe could Shrewd comply? You can't pay invaders because they'll just keep doing it.
0: Yeah, you never negotiate with terrorists. Right.
1: Yeah. So they're coming in and they're stealing people and doing whatever they're doing to them, and then they don't get paid, and they didn't take anything of value... And they could just kill the people themselves. Which later on they do, right? Because people pay them. Because the villagers take it upon themselves to pay them. Right. Because Shrewd can't make any decisions. Because as we discussed
3: last episode, they are all cowards and don't make any decisions about anything.
1: But then he would also be inviting every enemy of the state to, you know ransom something and Shrewd would have to pay it.
3: Well right? I know but until, if he said until they run out
1: of
0: money.
3: If yeah, he said, right. No, we're not gonna pay any of them and that could be the decision.
1: Right, well that's what Shade was saying, right? right. Like he, he could at least make a decision and even if it even if it makes people unhappy, at least it
3: gives them a place to be
1: doing something.
2: I can right. only imagine that the Raiders think it's some kind of hilarious joke. I mean to them they're probably having fun with this. They've got some sort of mission to get do these forgings and then they're just you know fucking with everybody yeah
1: well, well that's, it's completely deranged because they're not getting anything out of it they're just spending their own men their own time their own resources to do this and of course Shrewd isn't going to pay them
0: no it's all just There's they like to toy and they're, being, they're doing it psychologically both to the actual people that they hold hostage but then also to their you know neighbors who are living in their villages but
1: right it's like learn- a Batman villain
0: Yeah, it's like we also learn at the beginning of what is it, chapter twelve, where these raiders are absolutely horrible to their own people. So it's not shocking that this is what they're doing with other people.
1: Right, but they're not trying to recruit the way that they are no their own people. No, they're just destroying people's lives. So at the end of this at the end of chapter ten then, you know, they've they've come back to Neat Bay and there's all these rumors going on about the forged And Shade and Fitz have this conversation where, you know, before Shade has said, you know, I've talked to the king and he has refused, but I'm going to, I'm going back. I'm going to ask him again. You need to learn the skill. And I think that must be a a consequence of Fitz admitting to Shade while they were in Forge that he could sense people. Right. Or couldn't sense them in that case. But
3: is that the wit
1: or the skill? So I think, I think that's the wit. I Yeah, I, I
0: think it's the wit, but it shows that he has a higher sense of everything.
1: Yeah, but I mean, Shade is clearly thinking of the skill. Well, but
3: I don't think Shade knows much about the wit. Yeah. And I don't think most people do anymore, other than that it's bad. Yeah. I don't think that anybody uh, really understands what it is. Well, Shade later says that he's
2: asked about it twice, so I don't maybe he's already been asking about the skill
1: about he has been he because he's been asking shrewd to train him like a farseer and shrewd has said no he's going to be an assassin like you uh so chapter 11 is called forgings the intro is the history of the Potman myth just so we know that <laughs> uh and we get a little bit of the religion of the people between Alanita. and Ida. Uh, Let's see. So the L L is the basically like a an ocean god, and Ida is a farmer goddess. So when they so we learned that Lady Grace did follow through with Fitz's request, and and the towers get manned, Yay. which is great.
3: Fitz Ooh. did something right.
1: Fitz did something right. He we didn't have to kill anyone.
3: Celebrate this moment because who knows when it'll happen again.
1: <laughs> uh... And then there's more conversations between Fitz and Shade, where again Shade is kind of talking about how he has all this access to Shrewd, and they talk a lot, and and Shade has all of these opinions about Shrewd's thought processes and decision making processes that he's he's you know sharing with Fitz. Well, he's really just talking at Fitz. <laughs> it's not really much of a discussion. So more towns are raided, uh, and the forged people are coming back. Sometimes they are held like animals by their family while they wait for them to get better. Sometimes they just kill them outright. Uh, sometimes there's no one left and they just wander around. It's really creepy and sad.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and when they get back to Buckkeep as, you know, as the summer moves on and these raids are happening, Fitz doesn't really seem to care too much because he figures, well, people who know what they're doing are taking care of it, and also I have to go flirt with Molly. I love that he's just like, oh, she climbed up this cliffside deliberately so that I could watch her skirts, and I'm just like, oh, God. Yeah, what is that thought process? (laughs) Like, (laughs) what? I realized that she did this. She engineered this to happen so that I would watch. Like, what? (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's probably not true. No, she <laughs> probably was like, it's gross and muddy down here. Let's just sit up there."
0: <laughs> Listen, he's a teenager. The hormones are pumping. There's not a lot of logic going into any of it.
1: Well, we also learned that he's 14 and Molly is 16. So it's been, it's been a while. It's been a few, it's been like a year then since this, the, since he went to
2: Neat Bay, True. right? How old is, I he? think it's the same summer. Right? Is it
1: the same
3: summer? Yeah, because no, he said he was thirteen he when said he was going. 13, can, you, you can,
2: you yeah. can, you can change. You can have a birthday in a, in a short amount of time. It wasn't he necessarily year.
0: he was thirteen, well, and then a month later was his birthday, and now he's fourteen.
2: Yeah, I, see. I think that's more likely because they said there were a couple more, like in a very short period of time, a couple more forgeries.
1: Right. So that was his like farseer bar mitzvah it was like <laughs> You're a man now go kill some people for the king Oh man
3: Well i mean read from the torah kill somebody same thing <laughs>
1: Uh so yeah, he's coming back from the castle when he encounters a noblewoman uh in the kitchens and she is kind of weird and stares at him a lot and <laughs> he goes from again, this is not Fitz's smartest summer. <laughs> he used he used up all those brain cells in Neat Bay. He's still recovering. That brings us to our last chapter for the night, uh chapter twelve, which is simply called Patience. And the intro is actually more of the history of the six Duchies' experience with the Red Ship Raiders, which Ashley has mentioned where we find out that the Red Ship Raiders have preyed on their own people as well. And... oh, why do I... Sorry, I, every time I lift my finger, it goes... I lose the page. Uh, so, as Fitz is walking around Buckkeep, he encounters the strange noblewoman a few more times. Uh, and he's pretty rude to her in every interaction...
3: Yeah,
1: well, I like that when he's
3: drunk, he's just like, "Oh, wait, Burish taught me manners. So I gotta stand up." And it was, like... it was but
2: a but little he's like bit her While he does, it was it. kind of funny.
1: It was, it was good. Does anybody want to read the section? My book
2: is in the other. My screen turned off.
1: My screen turned off. Oh please. I do think. I do think
2: it was very funny that uh, he was. Like, oh yeah, I'm not that drunk. And then, I'm not, I'm not dizzy or anything. And then, <laughs> he's puking and, like, trying to keep from making the world spin. Like, okay. Like, how many well, the drinks were sufficient for he... you? Hmm? Like, how many drinks would have been sufficient for him? Like, he was like, oh yeah, I didn't get enough. I didn't get drunk enough that night.
1: He's like, I was only one or two drinks. It wasn't, he wasn't, you know, that drunk. He's just a little drunk.
3: He says, actually, my lady, he would be greatly displeased with me right now. First, he would berate me for not arising when a lady spoke to me. And here I lurched to my feet. And then he would lecture me long and severely about the behavior expected from one who carries the prince's blood, if not his titles. I managed to bow, and when I succeeded, I distinguished myself by straightening up with a flourish. So good evening to you, fair lady of the garden. I bid you good night. And I shall remove my oafish self from your presence. And then
1: he basically doesn't like throws up in the stable. Right, little smart alecky. <laughs> but it's funny when she when she's like, "Are you drunk?" Of course you're drunk. You learned everything <laughs> from <birds."> her. <laughs> <laughs> I do like when she accosts him like later in the castle. She's like, "Change your shirt." Yeah, you're dirty. <laughs> yeah, you smell bad. And he was just like, "Oh, I should probably
2: change my shirt." <laughs> and then the very next <laughs> sentence, she's like, "Change your shirt."
1: He's well, like, when he first met her in the kitchen in the last chapter, mm-hmm. he was like, do I smell bad? Is that why she's so interested? He's Molly, like, would, no, have Molly said would have so. told me. Yeah, Molly <laughs> would have told me if I smelled bad, so I must Just not. She's good at like... stuff like that.
0: I always want to let myself go to the point where somebody has to tell me that I smell
3: <laughs> Well, they don't seem to wash regularly in this world, so.
1: <laughs> but also, can you not tell when you smell bad? Not if you're used to
0: smelling yourself.
1: Or everything oh. smells bad.
0: Yeah, everything's like all... And imagine, too, it's not like they're wearing deodorant. So, like, they're just surrounded by bio and animal smells constantly.
1: That's true. He does spend a lot of time with the dogs. So, eventually, Burrich, who's been away uh, dealing with some poxy cows, uh, <laughs> returns and immediately is grilling, uh, fits on everything that has happened while he's been away. And he notices uh, Patience's horse and was like, oh, Lady Patience is here. And then Fitz realizes who the fuck he's been (laughs) shitty to.
0: Assassin, yeah.
1: He's been, yeah. I love that he never thought to ask anyone. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I just like when he goes, he says,
3: not formally, but we've met. And then he just laughs at him and says, your face is a picture. I can see she hasn't changed much just by your reaction. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and but then yeah, shade I mean, is also yelling at him like oh god you know you could have avoided her this is dumb. like
2: everybody says that everybody's like why would you talk to her why
3: and he's i'm like well i mean to be fair it's not like i'm sure there weren't like you know paintings of her around that he would know what she looked like, right. like why is he expected to know who she is
2: and the first few times he met was accident right
0: yeah It was accidental, but wouldn't that, one, pique your interest? And two, again, he's being trained to be a fucking spy. Like, why wouldn't he use any of his many skills that he has learned to figure out who this lady is? Because
3: no one is directing him to do it. Especially
0: when you keep bumping into her.
3: And she keeps accosting you and asking you if you play musical instruments
1: or dance. It's almost as as if she's looking for him. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I know, I love it when she's like, do you dance? And he's like, no? (laughs) (laughs) Don't you must be confusing. <laughs> like, Do you play
1: instruments? Do you know the poetry? Can you? And it's like, no. Like, I
0: ma'am, this? I think you have the wrong person.
2: I'm hungover in, with in the a animals. stable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez.
1: But Shade kind of goes back and forth about how like patience is kind of a pain in everyone's ass, and how no one wanted chivalry to marry her. <laughs> But between what he says and what Burritch says about her, about how he, when he first met her, she was in a tree. She sounds delightful. Yes,
2: <laughs> she sounds awesome.
1: She sounds like the best person he's met so far.
3: Can we talk about the part where he says, the fool speaks to you, now that we've gotten to that?
1: Sure, yeah. So he's talking to Shade about, about patience, and, and he says, I like it. With, oh, yeah, go, just let's go. I love this. Hold so on. he reveals it's, that the fool talks to him really and Shade is like, is, it's so good. It's so good. I have to find it. Hold, hold on. on. Right, because he's talking about Galen. Right, yeah. So Shade is like, look, you know, Patience, because you can't move, you know, Patience actually went to the king and said, you're going to be trained as if you were chivalry's heir. And there were a lot of things that she wanted you to be able to do. That Shrewd was like, "No, that's stupid." But the one thing that she wanted, that Shrewd agreed to, was that he was going to learn the skill. And then they started talking about the Skill Master Galen, who, who by all accounts seems to be horrible, terrible, <laughs> awful human. Yeah. Um. But there's some good. There's some good juiciness about that. Like, uh, Shade gets real interested when he's like, "Well, what do you know about Galen?" Have you observed Galen? What does he wear? Who does he talk to? <laughs> what, do you, what does it mean that he's a queensman? Uh, and Fitz is just real dumb about it. Yeah. He's just like, what am I not getting?
2: But then he mentions that the fool was talking to him, and Jake <laughs> is like even more excited.
3: Jake's brows went up, the fool talks to you? His tone was more than incredulous. He sat up in his chair so suddenly that his wine leapt out of his cup and splashed on his knee. He rubbed at it distractedly with his sleeve. Sometimes, I admitted cautiously, not very often, only when he feels like it. He just appears and tells me things. Things? What kind of things? What kind
1: of Like, what's Oh, just about? odd
3: things. About two months ago, he stopped me and said on the morrow, be a poor day to hunt. And, uh, well, yes, that was bad, apparently. Um, and then I just,
1: Where is the I love that where he's like I like him, him, I said lamely. He mocks me, but from him it seems a kindness. He makes me feel well important that he could choose to talk to me. And it's like okay. And then Shade's like, yeah, trust your instincts.
2: What does Shade know? Does Shade
1: know things about the pool? Well, Shade's in the wall. True, true.
0: (laughs) I did think it was interesting, and I don't know if I was reading too much into it or if it will, like, something will come of it later on. But um, when he brings up that he talks to the fool, and he's like, Well, what does he say to you? And we see Fitz say, I realized suddenly that I had never recounted to shade the Fitz Fitz fatz riddle. It seemed too complicated to go into just then. And then he never actually brings it up again. So it's like, is this an example of him like withholding for the first time from shade? And does he continue to do that? Or is it just, he really just was lazy and didn't want to tell the story.
1: Well, it does seem like something that, 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 does, does Shade need to know that he didn't... I think that it's more about Fitz's own ego. hmm Because, you know, he did handle that situation in Neat Bay, like, really well.
3: And if it was and I don't... sort of prophesized, then that takes away from him?
1: Maybe. Mm-hmm. I just,
3: more of him talking about the fool, I just, like... <laughs> Jade, I know the fool is strange, but I like it when he comes to talk to me. He speaks in riddles and he insults me and he makes fun of me and he gives me leave to tell me things he thinks I should do, like wash my hair or not wear yellow. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, Jade prodded as if what I was saying was very, very important. (laughs) It's just ridiculous. I forgot that he had that kind of opinion of the fool, and I think it's hilarious.
1: Well, but also he says, and keep any counsel the fool gives you, and as you have, keep it private that he comes and speaks to you. Some could take it amiss. So technically, Shades giving Fitz permission to not to, to not, not, share. Not, both, yeah. not share about any of that. Um, you also find out that you know everyone, no one likes Galen, but but the fool especially does not like Galen. Smart. Yep. And then there's a really interesting thing um, when, when they go back to talking about Galen where <laughs> Shade tells Fitz that Galen hates him. He's like, he hates you. He hates you more than he loved your father. The depth of emotion he felt for your father unnerved me. No man, not even a prince merits such blind devotion, especially not so suddenly. And you he hates with even more intensity. It frightens me. Um, there's a whole lot of information about Galen in this chapter. That you do not understand until later. No, I that just you don't understand.
0: My note, I highlighted the same quote you just read in my note underneath. It just says Galen in love with Shibby, Question mark.
1: Right, and, and I guess that would, and how would that translate to hating? I mean, I, I don't know. I guess because he looks so much like him. I guess what we're supposed to.
2: We don't know yet. That he was yeah. Chivalry's yeah. downfall.
0: Well, but we also know, we learned, too, that Galen is kind of a little bit in cahoots with Regal, or, like, really loved Regal's mother, and thought that Regal's mother was too good for Shrewd, and was, like, better born than him, so if he's in cahoots with Regal in that whole situation, then it would make sense that
1: he hates fits because he could potentially in some way be a threat mm. exactly i mean we started out this kind of the, these few chapters with the information about queen desire and how she had always wanted to be you know more how she concentrated on the fact that she was more royal than the other queen and her therefore her son was more royal than verity and chivalry and that she had all the support back home um, and Regal has been, she's been feeding that to Regal his whole life until she died. And now the only person that seems like Regal might have on his team is Galen because we also, uh, Shade also talks about how, uh, uh, Regal is now Shrewd's favorite and they're spending a lot of time together. Yeah. So some lines are being drawn, and Fitz isn't really paying attention, I think, to some of these very important details. There's a lot of important
2: information in this chapter, for sure.
1: Well, especially because, you know, if
3: just looking at the facts laid out in this chapter, if Galen is, you know, in Regal's pocket, but he was also oddly devoted to chivalry, that doesn't
2: make a lot of sense. No, it doesn't make sense.
1: Uh, and then we also um, find out that Fitz is being taken away from his duties with Burritch. And that kind of makes Fitz a little sad. And those duties are being replaced with his new duties to Lady Patience. <laughs> That's her page. Yep. And he's going to report to her uh, in the Queen's Garden, which is another tower in the keep. And Shade tells him, be careful, for within the walls of the garden, I have no influence. I am blind there. It was a strange warning, and one I took to heart. Mm-mm. Dun, dun, dun. Dun,
0: dun, dun. He can't walk through the walls in that tower.
1: But I don't think Fitz is thinking. <laughs> I don't know what Fitz is thinking, honestly. <laughs> Nothing. That's the problem. Oh. Uh. Uh, so let's go, I'm going through our every episode prompts here. So friends in high places. So we've got, uh, we find out that Shade is also a Farseer bastard. I love this part
2: because he's the, just which like, was he was at, really like, odd. hinted at like 10 times prior to him saying I know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and
1: like, Shade's just like, you have
0: really odd blind spots. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> I've like, given him not the side I know we've all been tossing
0: his way as well.
1: And he and he guesses lamely that he shrewd. Son. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sh- like shades. Like, well, actually, he's my younger brother. but That's awesome. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: it's like I'm gonna leave right now and go tell him, and then we'll continue our conversation later.
2: So something that I strangely sticks out to me from the very first time I read the book, like five years ago was um one of the intros at the end of it that says um like something about i I wish i could speak to shade one last time something like that Uh and it it stuck it stuck out to me so much because i I remember when i read it the first time i was like no shade's the best character he's the best um so i i i don't know i don't know why i brought that up but i it stuck out to me. It's a uh, entirely too uh, dramatic to put that there. And then he didn't die or anything during that section with the forged ones.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, again, you know, wherever Fitz is and whenever Fitz is writing all of this right. down, I guess we're supposed to see to guess that Shade is not not with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I also liked in that little section that he says that he had drugs flowing through his blood.
1: Yeah. And he wished that he'd the... be
0: able to talk to him,
3: yeah. So does
1: Fitz acquire any new skills? Uh well he flirts with girls. He tries.
2: He did some diplomacy, kind of.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He did. He did some he did some good diplomacy yeah. actually.
3: Uh he uh, he learned that, you know, he his magic was like a thing and that
1: he used it a lot and didn't quite realize what he was doing before. He's thirteen years old. <laughs> Guess what? He's realizing he's using magic.
2: <laughs> so so what what do we know about the skill at this point? Other than that it's we know, that
1: we know that it's we know that it's a farseer magic, that the king apparently decides who gets to learn it. I mean, think about it. Like, there's so many, like, they tell you this is a Farseer magic. Only the Farseers get to learn it. And then Shade's always like, but I didn't. I <laughs> it's like, are you a Farseer? Oh, wait, you might be, actually. Uh, no, but we, don't, we, we learned... don't know
2: anything about how, it, how it's used, though, do we? Well, so
1: so going back to the one chapter where um, Shade is talking to, like, when he reveals himself, you know, as Lady Time, and he's saying, oh, you know, Shrewd told Verity this and then this, and it's like, but wait, is this all happening in real time? Because we know it took them days to get from Mm Bucky to to Neat Bay, so I think that's also a clue as to what exactly the skill is, how they're (laughs) using it. I just can't
0: ever keep track of the timeline that's happening. So I'm like, whatever <laughs> you say.
1: <laughs> it is difficult. Like, I guess. I it guess jumps it's a, around it's so a-
0: much. I feel like I can't ever tell what's like purposeful and what isn't.
1: There, you know, I, and I'm coming to this as a rereader. There is, I think that Robin Hobb has a preoccupation with, with age and aging in general, like aging as like a human, like experience. hmm just wait till the third trilogy (laughs) and and maybe like reading it with those eyes this whole section it is it's jarring sometimes sometimes things pause sometimes things speed up and it's almost as if like that's what being a child is like like she might be trying to evoke the that kind of not because we're listening we're reading memories right like he's right in in another time recalling all of these events as an adult so his feeling of what it was like to be an adolescent is being colored by like the things that were actually that he actually bothered to remember versus the things that he didn't Uh I don't know I think that she is doing something like on purpose with how difficult it is to parse through how fast and slow time is moving mm-hmm uh, let, let's see. What else? Oh, Animal Assist. So we find out that Sooty is the best little horse in the world. <laughs> <laughs> She's trying so hard. And as a horse person, I have to tell you, this whole, like, swimming the horses to a boat and then getting them in it, I don't... I can I can see a horse getting from a boat into the water to, to shore. But, but the, not other the other way, way. around... The other way around, I don't. I I cannot imagine.
0: They just had like a little a little ladder for them, like those stairs that little <laughs> tiny dogs have to get into their beds. So
1: <laughs> there's got to be a, like a winch. Like I
0: mean,
2: have to be. Yeah,
1: there'd have to be a winch. Rachel, like like like, sorry,
2: Rachel, yes. you're a you're a horse person, right? You, I mean, yeah. do you, but he just shouted you, you, you out. Do you ride on a horse in the water? Or do you swim beside it
1: you can do either
2: That seems i so feel wild like riding it is that just seems rude. wild to me but like the horse doesn't have like is it really buoyant is that how it can
1: <laughs> like... yeah they swim it also depends on how fast the water like how fast the current is how big your horse is because they don't have um, anything how...
2: resembling flippers
1: at all how well they (laughs) how well they do in water some of them don't do so great so you might not want to be actually you might want to be on them instead of next to them because if they're flailing you don't want to get hit uh and vice versa sometimes they're calmer if you're not on them if you watch the black stallion (laughs) there is some amazing footage of horses swimming from underwater and Mm. you can put that in your in your brain i'm sure it's on youtube Horse uh, research. let's see. Uh, does Fitz Misery have a bastard moment? I think that being drunk at 14 and giving your not-mother some lip <laughs> counts. Wasn't fair. a good look. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fair. fair. I mean, he, he, it's not, it's not like driving a knife into the wall. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, he didn't know that she was Lady Patience then. <laughs> He does know that she's a person of authority and a lady, and therefore she probably outranks him. Yeah, for sure. That's why does. he gave her a little flourish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And let's see what else do I have. Did uh, But did you die? Uh, you know, so uh, I just wrote to myself, yo, what's up with the fool? <laughs> I guess he's prophesizing? There's it's two examples easy. in these chapters of him Saying something before it happened. Even if it was is, as a riddle.
2: Right. So the feist and then the uh, the Wolverine. Hunting.
1: Yeah. I guess they've got Wolverines in this in this world. <laughs> uh, and then Eli want, always wanted us to say what made you cry. The part that made me cry was that Shade had to kill people when he was 10 years yeah. old. Yeah.
0: I did not have, I I don't, I guess I'm a shitty human. I did not, I didn't have any emotion towards that. I'm just like, okay, cool.
3: The Forge people make me sad. Yeah. No,
1: the Forge people didn't make me sad. (laughs) The concept of Forging people makes me sad. I just don't know enough about it yet.
0: I want to know what they actually do to the people to make them behave that way. Like, are they torturing them? Are they just like melting their brains with magic? Like, what's what's being done to them? Right.
1: Well, because like they're, it's more than them just acting like animals, right? Because even animals are social. Even right. Even animals like get get along together in groups. These these kind of don't. They just appear to be empty computer programs that are just like they're it,
0: like consuming declares- crazy people at a crab buffet and. <laughs> It definitely doesn't seem like it's
2: like they're drugged or poisoned or sick if they stay that way for weeks and weeks. Right. Don't change.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, the scientist in me is like, they need to get one. Oh,
0: yeah. Like capture one. Yeah. Like poke them and ask them what happened. They
3: did. I mean, they kept some of them alive and then they just like turned on their family and like. Right. Well, the villagers
1: did, but like nobody who's making decisions. True. Yeah. Like they need one. Like, you know how Jon Snow got the walkers and put them in the wall and was like, okay, this is. I know. And then the
2: show. (laughs) And then they forgot about them.
3: Well, Uh, they didn't do it in the show. They only did it in the books. I I feel like Jess could be raging through the wall right now that I mentioned that episode. <laughs>
1: Sorry. <laughs> uh, anything else you guys want to discuss before we send the new reader away? Uh, I think
0: I covered everything for me. Okay. I don't
1: know. Yeah. So then, our for the next reading section, we're going to be reading chapters thirteen through eighteen of Assassin's Apprentice. And if you like what we're doing, check out Fire and Lunch Podcast for all things Game of Thrones, as previously mentioned. <laughs> and the uh, uh, Read This Fucking Book podcast for more sci-fi fantasy reading discussions. This has been Buckkeep Radio. You can find us at Buckkeep Radio on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts. And I'm Rachel. I'm Eli. I'm Ashley. And I'm Jenny. Alright, goodbye Ashley. Bye. After this we're going to talk about some Spoiling. Have fun spoiling. Bye, bye bye. Bye It's like this, 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 <laughs> 50, this. <laughs> That's all nice
3: If you would like to get a shirt of this lovely phrase, you can get it on my <laughs> Redbubble.
2: <breath> Shameless. <laughs>
1: All right, it's just us. Talking Eli's about on a the mission fool. to Neat Bay, but we're here to talk about some spoilers. And since it's just us, I just want to talk about the fool. Of course. <laughs> um, so I just like that we have early fits being all like, I like the fool. I like the fool. He's he's He talks to me, not about me. And he makes fun of me. And mm-hmm. I like
3: that because I feel it's like, important.
1: It's like he's, he's a friend. He's such
3: an idiot. <laughs> It's really sad that that's, like, his best interaction.
1: So what I really want to do is talk about that whole um, aside about how the fool obviously was sold to the king by some Bingtown traders who... I know what that means, but you didn't read. You right. haven't read those books. <laughs> no, I haven't. Uh, but the fact that he was first taken from Red Ship Raiders, so does that mean that... And I can't remember from the last trilogy... I guess we'll find out eventually, but does that mean that when he was traveling, like, he escaped the White Prophets and Ugh. and was, like, going over land and doing his thing, and then he got picked up by her? I guess that would have been the first time she tortured him? I guess. That's fucked up. I'm trying to remember, because, like, in Fool's Fate, that's not the first time she had him. I have a vague memory of that. Yeah, because cause she's, like... Yeah, I think he was. I think that's true. I think he the, he was somehow picked up by some live ship people and rescued inadvertently, I guess, from, from the pale woman. I guess so. Poor fool. He's such a baby. I know. He goes he already... through a lot before he gets destroyed. Yeah, because I guess then that means he already has the tattoo. Right. Cause the, Or does she give him the tattoo the second time she takes him? I don't, I can't remember. I've forgotten so much of that second trilogy. <laughs> we're gonna to. have to. People are yelling at us. People are listening to this like, ah, blah, blah, blah. It's like, we'll get there. People we'll figure are, it out. Send us a correction. We're more experts than we are. Send us a correction at buckkeepradio at gmail.com and I will read the correction in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make the new readers cover their ears. Oh, yeah. I can do that. It's fine. <laughs> um yeah I, I do not remember enough of the second trilogy i think it's also really funny that burich is um, is like monitoring him with the wit <laughs> like when he quests out because he quests out for people and he's like stop doing that i know it is so now if he quests out for a person is that the wit or the skill I I think that, again, he must be combining them because he's feeling people's emotions. Right.
3: He can't do do that with the wit. No, because the wit just is like a life sense, which is why he can't sense the forged people. Right. But I feel like you need the skill to be able to read people that way. Hmm. I need uh, definitions of these magics. Again. But I
1: think I, I somebody in the last episode I think was talking about. Maybe it was Eli who was positing like, did did one of the Farseers have the wit? I think this is proof that the Farseers don't have the wit that the, they it didn't come from them because. You know, no one, no one, not even Shade, who knows everything about everyone, who has got scrolls on everyone, right? Understands what Fitz is doing. Yeah, he just they automatically think it's the skill, right? And if he, cause like if Shade had known it was the wit, I don't, I don't necessarily think that Shade, I think Shade would have been like, cool, let's figure out how to use it. Yeah. That's... But he wouldn't have sent him straight to Galen because like, <laughs> what if Galen had discovered that it wasn't the skill at all, but it was the wit. Oh, uh,
3: I'm not looking forward to him meeting Galen. It's going to be so awful.
1: Oh, right. And spoilers for that. Galen is obviously Queen Desire's illegitimate older son. Which I forgot about until right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm basically him. a new reader
3: with some like vague memory of stuff, <laughs>
1: with some like
3: deja vu. Um, well, no, I mean that—that's why I was saying like that comment about how he's—he was so devoted to chivalry. Oh, he's devoted
1: like, to chivalry because of chivalry skill, skill, bo- yeah, yeah,
3: like skill bonded him to him or something. Yeah, and then he was super angry about that, which is why he hates it. But then like wouldn't you be relieved that Chivalry was dead? Like Right? You're free. I guess he never got to get revenge on Chivalry, so he's like, Oh, I'm gonna get revenge
1: on his son instead. Wouldn't it have been amazing if it like just went to fits? <laughs> like Chivalry <laughs> just died passed the, bond, the bond. Just, <laughs> just goes straight to fits and he's like, God damn it <laughs> Oh, that would have been good. <laughs> um and let's see what else is in here that was interesting. So, you know, we get the kind of the the that whole debate that starts about whether or not you should be killing forged people or just keeping them around. And I wonder if there you know how it says about that there's people that like took their family members and just kind of like tied them up and kept yeah. them in the basement. Like right. I, I wonder if anybody has kept a family member long enough to be to fixed, restored restored, yeah. Yeah i hope so i hope at least a couple because it'd be really like i know that it fits because it's it, i know he tortures himself later on about the whole like oh i killed all those people <laughs> like it didn't but it, have to it, it would make me happy it would make me happy to think that there was some devoted family that had like and all i can think of is like Shaun of the dead where he keeps the zombie in the hut his best friend that gets turned into a zombie he just keeps them in the in the backyard and like goes and plays video games with them, mm-hmm. but like he's got him tied up so that he can't like try to eat them. <laughs> Good plan. Good plan. Oh, like, it's like there's probably someone out there who's like grandma is just like chained up in the kitchen and like sometimes she does grandma stuff and sometimes she tries to gnaw your face off. Actually, the Forged people remind me of. um,
3: I'm gonna make an arrow reference. Um, <laughs> Your oh, favorite no. show? No, but. The- <laughs> There's, when people, uh, well, I guess when Sarah came out of the, the Lazarus pit, she was just, she didn't have her soul, right. so she was just sort of, like, a rabid animal kind of person that sort of recognized people but didn't actually care about them and just, like, needed to survive. So I guess that's like, kind of what it is.
1: God, that right. fucking pale woman. I know, she's horrible. so many horrible people.
3: And just like, because we ha- we're like at the very beginning of the story, we don't even, haven't even met her, but just knowing about all the stuff from the last trilogy, you're just like, oh, yeah, screw these people, all of her followers, that horrible character. I just wanted to die all the time in the third trilogy.
1: All right, well, if that's that's all I kind of <laughs> wanted to talk about in terms of spoilers, where I just wanted to kind of go. Ooh. E, it's the first riddle from the fool and you know when he's still an awkward child with a baby face and yet he's still you know gone for all he these horrible was... horrible things <laughs> when he was
3: saying the the riddle did he just like not know it clearly enough and then as he
1: said it more it came to him or well, I remember later on when I think it's when B taught, and he, I don't know if it's a B memory or if it's when the fool is talking to Fitz about his childhood. Because I'm just thinking of like a small, <laughs> like a small child. Yeah, uh, it's like a small white prophet child. Uh, that like they, they they just sometimes you couldn't keep them in. Like you would just, they would just pop out. Like you couldn't, you couldn't. He would try not to say them, so he started writing them down. I think it was cool. Right. And and B also writes in her journal, and she can't help herself from doing it. So I think it kind of just fell out. Because you have to, otherwise it like hurts or something, right? If you don't get it out or tell someone or write it down. But he's just like, I don't, I don't want to talk to this guy right now. And it's like, fitter, 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 fitter. He's a oh, moron. Idiot. I don't want to talk to him. He's a moron. Do you think that at this point the fool has an inkling about Fitz yet? So remind me, the the fool comes
3: to to Buckheap and like, cause he. I mean, I know he gets sold to Shrewd, but doesn't he try and doesn't he know that like his catalyst is there?
1: Yeah, he knows. And his he catalyst like presents himself to Shrewd. Yeah.
3: He doesn't know that it's fits.
1: I can't remember that part either. We're doing a bad job of We spoiler. are doing a bad job. <laughs> <laughs> we're like
3: we're like, we know that there's this stuff, but we don't know what it is, so we're really like spoiler free too.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, well, you know. We'll talk it. We, we, we we'll We'll get there
3: eventually. We'll and, like, get there eventually. A year and I a half. We need
1: all the right memories to be pinged so that I because again, I really only I I block a lot of it out because it's so painful. It's just all those terrible things. Like that's why I haven't been able to go back and even reread the last trilogy because like it's a lot. What I mean, Bee's life sucks. Bee's life is horrible. Her life is terrible, and then like her happy ending is bullshit. So we will. Anyway, we'll get there. We'll get there. All right, I'm gonna sign off then. Yes. Uh, if you wanna yell at me about all the stuff I can't remember, <laughs> you can find me at Darth Rachel on Twitter. <laughs> um yes, if you wanna
3: correct me too and all of my lack of knowledge, shocking lack of knowledge, uh I am at Jenny eighty seven on Twitter. And go buy my fits and the
1: fool stuff on Redbuzzle. Yes, including the wonderful first fits fixes fices, Spice, fits, fits, fat, fat, suffices. suffices. <laughs> I have that print. I have a I have it in a tote bag. I have it on a print. <laughs> I have it in a tote bag. All right, cool. I'll talk you to should you later. Too. All right. Bye. Bye.